Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again, fellow basement dwellers, I'm back. It's been two weeks. The best host of the bandwagon nerds, the part timer, the John Cena, the Roman Reigns. Yeah, you can't see me. I made a brief appearance in London and, and teased a WrestleMania appearance, and it was totally because we were scared of AEW and not because the WWE ran a show in London, you know, about a year ago and things went well and then maybe they want to do it again. But hey, what do I know? I'm not Dave Meltzer or an AEW stan. So anyway, I am back. That's right. Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head we will have to work on the sound bites. Tony, I should have cued you. Oh, I thought you should've were going to play. You, you still have a... yours, don't you? I do, but you were like, I have all the sound. I just meant the ones you don't usually play I wanted to play. Oh, but oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. then here. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Oh, that was nice. That was in both stereo. Of them. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, that was so there cute. There you go. We got, the, we got the whole family. So cute. But anyway, since I am back and since you did that, um, here you go. Now, now you've heard you've heard a couple of voices here, noble listener. There's no Dave Ungar this week, actually, oh. for a change. So what? we are continuing. I that never happens, right? That never ever happens. And whoa, 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 be the day 
where both Dave and I can't do the show, and it's got we got to rely on Tony to be the guy. We were it's, almost going to be thirty minutes of. We were almost there one time, and then I asked Dave if he could. It did happen once, but I hosted that show. Oh, did you host one? Eh? Was it just you were with me? We went back and forth with each other. I think Sop was here and somebody else. Oh, it happened okay. once. I remember okay. that. Okay. Was it was it like an hour and a half of Tony talking about cooking shows? Uh, and oh, maybe that, that a, weird come on that, man. that weird go to and that why don't you weird go to Mars shit. Let's talk about the streak that, that I have on this fucking show. Yeah, it was you do have quite you know, what does that say about your personal life? That's really what I'm getting. Oh wow. <laughs> Take a vacation, Fred. Okay. Damn, wow. I am back. I am back. Biscuit. I am on fire. Anyway, those can't, voices, can't of course, that you are hearing are the live studio audience and apparently Patrick O'Dowd's personal whipping boy, PC Tunney, today. Oh, God. The Reverend Ray Cash also here as well. You heard him contribute. And gentlemen, I am thrilled to be back. You know, two weeks. On vacation, I went to scenic Wisconsin. Yes, the Wisconsin Dells. Then went and did a visit to the homesteads, visited the in-laws, visited my parents in Illinois. It's a good time. I will say that I learned on this vacation. I'm going to talk about the vacation because, you know, you got it, right? Like, I was on vacation. Might as well talk about it. And uh, we'll start with the bad part first. I learned that the Little O'Dowd's vacation threshold is a week. Maybe a week and a half because there reached a point during the Illinois portion of things where he was like, do I have to go? Can I? And, and, and it worked in a couple of different ways to our benefit. But uh, I was really there was one moment, like I was really excited when we finally got down to my parents neck of the woods. There's a beautiful park that's owned by the University of Illinois. It's called Allerton Park, and it's this. You know, it's out in a forest reserve. It has very nice trails. It has these gorgeous statues that, you know, some really, really rich dude, when he owned a big farm, decided he wanted a giant statue. I was really excited about it. The little O'Dowd has talked about, like, wanting to go hiking. So I was like, this would be this great opportunity. We made it one trail. One trail, and he was fucking done. And he was like, I want to go home. And it it was a bust. It was a bust. But... You know, I, on other ends, because he wasn't really in the mood to travel in the in the second half of the trip, um, not the Wisconsin Dells part of the trip, but when we were in Illinois, you know, the missus and I, we wanted to not only get you know catch up with our families because it's been seven years since I since I have been back uh, because I, and it's funny because Facebook memories brought it up, and so it's been seven years since I've been back in Illinois, and so there were a lot of friends that we went to college with that we wanted to catch up with people that, you know, the little O'Dowd knows of, but doesn't know. And it's the first time in ages where we've had the family member that could look after the kid because we were there. So, and they are, they, of course they have not seen him in like seven years. So they were like all about it. So we were able to drop the little O'Dowd off and go catch up with friends. And that's how, one night on my vacation, I ended up at this arcade called the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Chicago. I thought we were going to have has... another little O'Dowd. I thought that's what happened at that night. But you found an arcade. No, okay. no, 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 you found no, no, an arcade. No. I was like, oh, no, where are we going? It was just an arcade. Okay. No, no. This place oh, called the Galloping yeah. Ghost Arcade. And, and Tony, you would, you, you would appreciate it, Ray. I think you would appreciate it, too. So basically this guy with too much money and a lot of time kept he he's gotten in on the like buying and refurbishing arcade cabinets it's 
it's a it's ridiculous. So this place is open from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day or 2 a.m. Sorry, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day for 25 bucks. All you can play. And, you know, everything's set to free play. You hit the buttons and you go. This guy had so many. Ca- I've never been in an arcade where I've legit been like, I might get lost here. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those. And it's one of those where they participate in world records. So every arcade game had the world record listing on there. That's and cool. that was just build. And that was just building number one. Building number one was just stand up arcade games, classic. that had like gun games, racing games, everything with the screen. Building number two was nothing but pinball machines. And I've been to the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas with Greg DeMarco. This build this arcade blew it out of the water like it just went on forever and i i was there with my my good friend john until the two dudes that were stuck working and until 2 a.m quietly just sort of turn off all the games around you and walk you out of the arcade it was it was the best it was great uh and then of course we did we did the wisconsin delts right and we stayed on property on this resort that had eight water parks. It had an indoor go-kart track, an outdoor go-kart track. It had a zip line tour of the resort. It had Did you stay at Great an Great indoor... Wolf? No, we Great. stayed at um it wasn't it wasn't Great Wolf. It wasn't the um it wasn't Mount Olympus uh, it was there was a third one and I and I'm now I'm not remembering the name of it of course and I meant to I had the wristband and everything, but um, it had you know it had four water it had four indoor water parks four outdoor water parks it had an outdoor 18 hole miniature golf course it had an indoor nine hole blacklight golf course Kill it Hardy. had a nope uh, it had a high ropes course that uh, that anybody could do it had four rock climbing walls it had four arcades literally we were there for a week we got a cabin and my sister-in-law came up went in on the cabin it was nice it was it was a four bedroom cabin and i was really uh, i'm going to talk to you about how i messed up so one of the bedrooms is a bunk bed bedroom for kids and the little O'Dowd has been really excited about this. Like he's like, I get to sleep in bunk beds. It's going to be great. So we get into the cab and we start walking around. And I made the mistake of wilderness. So, yes, that's what it was. Is wilderness. Um, the cab that we stayed in with its three bedrooms, I was very excited for because while I love the Mrs. O'Dowd, we do not sleep in the same bedroom every night because the Mrs. O'Dowd snores. And I can't sleep. <laughs> and I and I toss and turn. Like when I go to bed, I toss and turn a bunch of times. So when back in the day when we shared a bedroom, like we would keep each other up all the time. And studies have shown that if you actually want a good night's sleep, sleep by yourself. Like this is this is factual. So there's this there was a lofted bedroom. Like it was it was like the only thing in the upstairs, lofted bedroom with its own television, had a window, look it over it. And I was like, oh, like I get up there. I was like, oh, this is so great. And the little O'Dowd comes running upstairs. He's like, this is so cool. Can I sleep up here? <laughs> no. And I'm like, well, and I was like, well, 
no, because I'm not that dad. Like, I'm not. I'm an enabler. I'll, I'll own it. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll let you pick. Because you, you're really excited about sleeping in the bunk beds. Do you want to sleep here or do you want this? He was like, I want to sleep up here. And, I mean, he became the king of this castle. Had a little window that looked down on the living room area. And he was all proud of himself that he could, like, spy on everybody and, and see what they were up to. Uh, but we had a blast. We had a great time. I uh, I went to my first ever Ripley's Believe It or Not museum. They're that amazing, was a delightful waste of money. So uh, well, what was the the little O'Dowd? So we had to do a trade off. So the Mrs. O'Dowd really wanted to do a boat tour of the Upper Dells, which was gorgeous. I assume because the day we went was peak Canada wildfire smoke haze in Wisconsin, and. Like, I still got a lot of great photos and put, you know, and, and did some great things. But there was this one moment where I'm, we're, we're on this boat and we're on one coast of this river and I'm looking across the way and I'm like, I bet you this would be amazing. This would be an amazing picture if there wasn't a big smoky haze blocking the view. Like, it was terrible. And, you know, I like a Taz entrance huh? Right. It was it was awful. And and Tony, you know, was living up in Wisconsin when the haze was really awful. But like that, those peak haze days were oddly were just terrible. The worst one. And I don't know how familiar you people are with the ratings of the air quality, but we were in the three nineties, close to four. Yeah, I was, I was tracking it. Yeah. Um, And that was I remember going outside on my break in the morning and like I could see it. I could smell it. I could taste it. And after about five, six minutes, my eyes were starting to water up that day. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be outside that day. So, yeah, we were getting the effect pretty bad here. It was very much a you should not leave the house. Right. If you don't have to be outside. It was terrible. If you don't have to be outside, stay inside that those days, you know. And 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 as and we admittedly made we did the tourist thing, probably, I think, on the day you're talking about of of that of that peak smoke day my sister-in-law who has asthma did not leave the resort like she stayed in doors in the air conditioning and, and all of that well because i you know kind of kept the air clean and dry but it was it was it was tough uh let's see what else did i see at the dells that i will never forget i went to the root beer museum oh, yes, uh, that's right. which that that there is a root beer museum is exciting and got a flight of root beer at the root beer bar there, there are four taps. I did. The four taps are, you know, none of them are root beers that you would like commonly think. Like there was no Barks, Bug, Dads, uh, Dog and Suds. If, for those of you who know what Dog and Suds were. Uh, Black Bear? Black Bear was not one of the options, but it was acknowledged at the museum. And, and again, this is another one of those things where I love like how capitalism works. Because basically it was some dude who just loved root beer and was rich. And just was like, I'm going to try to collect every root beer I can find. And so you go into the root beer museum, and it's just bottles of root beer, cans of root beer. There is a delightful, like, history of root beer, and they teach you how to make it. And the cool thing about the place was you could go and you could purchase some of the root beers that are a little more rare and exotic there. You could get yourself, like, a little four-bottle four pack or six-bottle pack of stuff if you wanted to. Basically, with all the traveling we did, we didn't do anything like that. But it was... It was a lot of fun. It was a good trip. I recommend the Wisconsin Dells would go, will go, probably will go again at some point. Uh, the little O'Dowd loved it. And we didn't, we couldn't even finish 
like we did we never really needed to leave the resort to do anything like if we didn't really want to two quick things if you don't mind yes. number one my 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 girls are a little older than lod to think right so one thing i've learned in trips like that is save the fun shit for last because they will get tired and be done real quick so like right. you know yeah I've, I've i've learned it the hard way myself too secondly it seemed like you did every i'm glad you had a good time i really am because if knowing you the way i know you and as hard as you work and as much as you do you needed you deserve to break but the one thing you didn't do was visit our very own perky and chunky tunny Scheduling conflicts got in the way of that. Rarely perky. More chunky than I used to be, but I wouldn't necessarily (laughs) qualify myself as chunky. Yeah, it was the travel days that he had and then the time that we had to go and and meet. It just didn't didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, it happens like that. I'm sure we'll hook up at some point. And my only suggestion to you, Patrick, is if you do do the Dells again and you're coming through town during Summerfest, the music guy that you are. Well, I missed it. Because I looked at the schedule after yeah. he sent it to me, and like the day we got there was like right after that weekend's performance, and then like the I day will, we left, was I will like, even right. volunteer. Like, I will even volunteer DP's place for free shelter for one evening for you guys. Like I love the, how you're you just tell him, that. You you just tell him I sent you, and it'll be all taken care of. Friend of the show, DP. There was so much. The, the thing I loved about visiting the Dells, and it is, it is a. It is a tourist trap in the in the truest sense of the word, but um, the the knockoff shit that you could find there was hilarious. So like, there's the as we were driving around getting to downtown Dallas, which again is like its own sort of magic world all of its own. Like it's got all of these gift shops that really love Donald Trump, like really love the guy. Like I, I like there was um you know what Zoltar machines are right from big from the movie big they got zoltar machines all over the place one of them was donald trump giving like advice one of them was done of like wider there was a wizard involved like there were all these things but like very creative anti-joe biden stuff like and regardless of your political affiliations everybody knows i'm a big time liberal and like fuck donald trump i hate the guy uh wisconsin dells like at least the gift shops knows their audience here's the deal though like the entire state of Wisconsin outside of two counties is insanely Republican. And people mm-hmm. think just be, and, and the problem is it, it's not, a, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it a problem. I'm not, I'm trying to try and stay down the middle here, but the thing yep. is that those are the two biggest counties, most populous counties. We're talking Dane County, Madison, and we're talking Milwaukee County. So right. you go, you go just West out of Milwaukee County and cross uh, whatever 124th street into Waukesha. That's Republican, but. Well, what it is. It's, it's the same thing. Illinois is the same way. Like Chicago, yeah. Chicago is blue. Right. Like the and the, the surrounding state. area Go of ahead. Chicago is is strong blue. And then you get downstate, dude. I forgot where I was a couple of times, and like because I would always like there's like one or two like super conservative people like that I interact with out here in Massachusetts. It was like every fucking person. You walk in and it took me a minute to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not in Western Mass anymore. Like I'm I'm in the heart of crazy country and, and the people like it, I, So I'm in the hotel lobby of my hometown where I'm staying, enjoying my continental breakfast. And there is this we will say rotund 
old woman. And what I would say was an extraordinarily skinny, mulleted son or relative of some sort. And they are having a discussion about how people these days just don't appreciate the value of a dollar. Nobody wants to work. They don't want to work and make an honest dollar, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, you know, they're like, we're hiring at $12 an hour. And I wanted to be like, you can't live off that, you piece of shit. Like, it's not that people don't want to work. It's that you can't afford to live off what they are giving you. Stop it. It's anyway, a, it's a column. That. That's a, that. just for, just for partisanship. It's a column A, column B thing there with column B being heavy, a little bit heavier and the fact that you can't afford, but there are more people now than ever. I would say even after COVID and all that shit, it just, people don't just don't want to work. I don't want to fucking okay. work. Well, I don't, I sure as fuck don't want to work, but you know, you got to do just, what you do. You got to pay the bills. Can I just shout out the word, the fact that Patrick used the word rotund. Rotund. Yeah. Thank That's you. made my Thank day. Patrick, I love let that. me tell you something. I appreciate for Patrick. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what county you're in in Wisconsin. There's plenty of rotund girls. Let me tell you that. <laughs> well, this uh, is the other thing. Luckily I've been, been able, able to find is. the smaller percentage of ones that are somewhat in shape. The, the other thing that I loved about being in the Dells and being at all this stuff is, you know, body, you, you think about your body image, you're like, oh, God, I don't want to wear a swimsuit. I'll be walking around. Nobody wants to see this. And then you get to your first water park at the fucking Dells and you don't want to see anything that's walking around. And I was like, damn, I'm in shape. <laughs> like, I I'm doing good. pretty good. I, I'm, I'm all right. You are Wisconsin Mrs. O'Dell was the same way. She was like, because she's horribly uncomfortable with like swim pools and stuff like that and, and swimsuits. And so, and she never did like she would come with us cause the little O'Dowd, you know, he wanted to do water slides. He wanted to do tide pools, all that stuff. And I, I would like do a couple of things with him and then like hang out and get a beer somewhere. I drank, by the way, I drank more line and Google in the last, in that one week in the Dells of the summer shandy, which I always forget is just basically lemonade that tastes like beer. Uh, it was delightful. Like I drank more in the last two weeks and ate more in the last two weeks than I ever intended to. Did you mix any of your Liney's beers? No, I did not. Oh. I, uh, I was just a straight up summer shandy guy the whole time. Yeah, you can take like they. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different flavors. You you've seen the plethora there. But when when we went up to the Line and Kugel's uh, brewery up in Chippewa Falls two years ago. On site, yeah. they actually have a mixologist of their beers, so you can get like the the blackberry with the summer shandy and like a one third, two thirds. So you kind of get those different mixes. Oh, that sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? Uh, and then the last thing, the last thing I'll say about vacation, and and probably my favorite thing about vacation is if you follow me on Facebook, in particular, you got to see everything I ate because I did what every forty five year old adult I think does. And that is take pictures of their food and put it on social media. But I I made sure when we were back in Illinois that I hit every single restaurant I grew up loving and enjoying in some way, shape, or form, right down to the pizza I had the very last day. And, and Greg DeMarco, when you listen to this, I don't give a shit what your Italian ass says is or isn't pizza. I fucking like my deep dish pizza. I'm going to call it deep dish pizza. I'm going to eat it in your face. I'm going to rub it in your face. I'm going to tell you it's deep dish pizza, and it's called pizza. You know what? That was made by Sicilians. The souffle argument's always funny to me, yeah. And and if Sicilians who helped make pizza want to call it pizza, guess what? I'm going to fucking call it pizza. Anyway, 
rant over. We do have a show here, folks. It is not just going to be an hour and a half of Patrick. Hey, talking guys, talking pizza, huh? Deep, deep dish. Pizza or not pizza? Call a three. You're on. It's not a pizza. I'm you're willing, done. Get out of here. I'm willing to bet that if you listen to the Greg DeMarco show on Wednesday, there will be a big fight about pizza. It'll probably be in the pre-show reel if I know Greg. But we do, like... Secret Invasion episode three needs to be talked about. I have a terrible trailer park that I threw together last night at like 10 o'clock. Got some news about HBO. Got some news that'll make Ray Cash mad in regards to Deadpool. Though I'm going to try to make it better for you, Ray. I'm going to try. And then we're going to wrap up, uh, following up on some conversations you guys have had the last couple of weeks about Comic-Con. And San Diego Comic-Con and what's going on there. And what uh what is going to be next i know ray was hoping for a big rant on what i liked or didn't like about the shows over the past two weeks i i don't really have a lot of complaints like i didn't yell at the podcast uh i did want to like like we'll get into it after we play the mcu music i'm hoping you'll indulge me a little bit to talk some secret invasion and do some backlogging of some episodes since i wasn't here for the first three conversations i wasn't either so Carry on. I I missed both of the shows, didn't I, Tony? Or was it just one of them? I think you were here. I thought for you one. got the first one. You got the first. Okay, one. Well, I missed last week. Two weeks ago, we were you and Dave, and then last week, Dave and I. I I remember because Dave, I think live read something I right Twitter, tweet message oh, yeah, yeah, about, yeah, 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 about yeah, the scrolls yeah. taking um, memories. Yeah, right. Bet. So, okay. uh, so yeah. So I guess without any further ado, why don't we go ahead and Cue up the Marvel music and we will get rolling with some Secret Invasion talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I forgot. There was one other thing I wanted to do. Gentlemen, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back, brother. We missed Damn you. it. My cup there is on go. the other side. It just yeah. Yeah, well, uh, and, you're not drinking anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm I'm hydrating. Yeah, me too. Mm. I got ice cubes in there. I'm I'm dehydrating. <laughs> so all right. So let's talk a little secret invasion. Uh, you know, we won't do like big recaps over the last two episodes. This uh this third episode was called Betrayal. 
and and was you know set up. There were betrayals throughout the whole episode, as you as you really kind of got through it. Uh, the big reveal, of course, at the end, being that you hear Rhodey's voice um, speaking to a scroll and pretty clearly uh, indicating that if you want to talk to Gravik, you're, you're going to start by talking to the uh, Rhodey the Rhodes scroll, uh, which I'm going to pat myself on the back. So. Call back to episode one after uh, Maria Hill got got done in, and you guys were joking about we should have done a uh, a Deadpool for this because here we go. And if you will recall, the episode before that we did rolling into Secret Invasion, I played the Deadpool music, and we talked about possibilities. And while I didn't predict a death, I did predict. On that show, if you go back and listen, that Rhodey's was Rhodey was a scroll, but not dead. And Tony is poo-pooing it because he knows I'm right. You all can't see it because he's doing you know, like we don't video this stuff because who wants to see Tony's face uh, on uh, on YouTube? I told you're my whipping boy today. Uh, but anyway, what um, I I wanted to start with episode one and just kind of a couple of reflections from episode one. There's a lot of folks who uh, feel that Maria Hill was done dirty by being off. Ray, Ray is nodding vigorously. And while I get the comic fandom, Maria Hill was done dirty, uh, I don't necessarily kind of get it as much from the MCU point of view. The the impactful relationship that they have, like Maria Hill's just a different character than what she's a badass in the comics like maria hill is shield after a while. like maria hill takes over shield she's she is a better nick fury in many many ways nick fury starts uh, working for her right at a certain point and, and so it's a very very different sort of character is characterization than what colby smolder's character was throughout the whole thing what i do i where i do agree with the done dirty thing is Marie Hill is always kind of acknowledged as this really important person, but she's always like this really important person at the side of Nick Fury and is, is always his number two. And so she's not really propped up and valued in any way beyond that, which is why they chose to kill her here. I'm assuming because this is where it has meaning is killing her here while she's working with Nick was, was where it was going to make sense. Well, the conversation, the conversation that Nick Fury had with her mom. Right. Basically pointed to that. She was like, she would have followed you to the ends of the earth, but you just let her die. And it, you're, you're spot on, man. It's like, Coulson was a bigger deal in his three movies. very much so. Than Maria Hill was in her 12 or however many. And, you know, and she had a higher rank than Coulson. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't like it, man. I, and I, I I don't mind her dying for the purpose of this, like, you know, with the big death right. reveal at the end of season, episode three. Like, it's, we get it. It's going to happen. But she was not. It, 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 I said it on, on the episode I, w- I was on two weeks ago. The two most underserved characters in the history of the MCU are, unfortunately, both women, Sharon Carter and Maria Hill. So it is what it is. Yep. Tony, you, you dropped the mic. You were about to say something. What you got? Oh no, I'm good. I'll just wait till we get to episode oh. three. Sure, sure. Um, but 
The other the other kind of big thing I, I did want to talk a little bit about scrolls and, and just sort of how they're portrayed. I, I like the way they're doing this secret invasion because the comic book story arc of secret invasion just wouldn't work in the MCU with the way that they've built it. And so this story sort of fitting naturally with the results of Captain Marvel. And, and frankly, they make a lot of sense. Even if you think the scrolls are behaving petulantly because I'm sorry that Nick Fury didn't prioritize finding you a new home over, you know, global universal threats. You can you can understand that, especially when you understand the history of Gravik as a child and that he came in with, you know, a scroll child's mindset and was let down. And this concept of Nick Fury, quote, going away and then just never setting foot on Earth. Um has worked really well. I like the way that they've gotten into how the scrolls can completely take over a person and have most of their memories. Uh, and, and, you know, and that it, it really is being a lot of the subtle stuff. As I explained in the original secret invasion plot uh, in the comics, it was something very, very similar, but it was very much like they were sleeper cells. They didn't necessarily know, like they don't discover the scrolls are among them until Electra is killed and there her bodies there and it's not Electra, it's a scroll body. And they're like, well, whoa. Uh, and there's a big moment where some Avengers end up on the Savage Land and all these heroes get released and none of them know that they're scrolls. Like at all. Like, and they're all until things start to go south and haywire. So it's just, it just wasn't a plausible plot for them to do. And this this story which is an mcu spy thriller so i'm sorry for all of you fans out there that want some like deeper mystery intrigue thing it's just not what the mcu is going to do they're going to give you a flavor but it's going to be a predictable spy thriller like i think that a lot of what has happened within the first three episodes of this story is very exciting and good and i like it um but it's not hard to figure out kind of where things are going most episodes before we get into one of the main parts of episode three which is priscilla in my opinion um i want to ask you guys a question that dave and i talked about last week and so neither you two have had a chance to 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 kind of give your opinion on what you think is happening here roads scroll oh yeah one thousand percent roadie yeah, it's yeah, yeah, one thousand percent. At the end, I I texted Dave at, after the show, and again I predicted it back on the show before I went on vacation, where I said Rhodes is the Rhodes that we have seen as a scroll, and James Rhodes is not dead, and both of those still hold true right now. When you see that they keep their victims alive, like they have made a point for you to walk by and see that those people are still plugged in. They're still alive and still breathing. So I believe Rhodey is alive, but I, you know, clearly the roads that Nick Fury encountered in the bar was a scroll. Well, and I, the I also the one that, the one that also, fired him. <laughs> right. And Fury knows like Fury. I, I'm sure Fury knows because again, as you just said, right in episode three, they do a callback to our um, Talos quote unquote Talos calls him Nick. And that's how Fury knows that Talos isn't really, um, isn't really having the advantage on the guy yeah. that, that they're trying to bring down. So, yeah, let's get into episode three. So at the end of episode two, 
we get this reveal that Nick has been married to a woman who is a scroll. You don't know. It's ambiguous at the end of that episode whether or not Fury actually knows she's a scroll or if he thinks that it's a woman. We immediately clear that shit up yeah. in, in, in the past in a diner, which is a little disappointing to me as a fan. Like I would have liked them to tease that out a little bit more. Uh, but they established that he, like he and her, were connecting. Uh, she was not there under his jurisdiction for working for him. He was expecting someone else when they meet at a diner, but that they hit it off. Uh, so Nick Fury uh, has been married to a scroll for quite a long time. It would it would seem. Now, like I said, the name of this episode is Betrayal. You do learn that through his absences and through whatever circumstance, whether or not she's really working for Gravik or not, she at least is given the given the impression and Nick's suspicions has given the impression that she is working against Nick and for Gravik behind Nick's back. Now, they didn't I, I don't know if they intentionally and here's the thing is the episode doesn't reveal everything. So there could be a, a snippet that they didn't show us that might show that she's really still working with Nick to help help with that. We just don't know. Tony, go ahead. You you look like you were about to object. I think that's what the case is. I think begrudgingly what she's doing, he he doesn't love it, but he knows I think deep down these two are gonna be have each other's back. I don't I don't think either one are gonna choose their own race over each other. They're always gonna choose each other. And because I, I and Dave asked the question last week, does he know she's a scroll? I'm like, yeah, he knows. I mean, and like you said, we found out right away, but that's one of the most interesting parts of this story now, especially since Talos and Gaia, that kind of dynamic isn't going to be happening anymore moving forward. So really the questionable thing is well, Priscilla and Fury. What, you don't think she's dead? Seeing that, I think there's an argument that you signed Amelia Clark to a contract to have her do three episodes of Secret Invasion, that that seems a little short-sighted. And I do wonder... So yeah, I went outside the realm of the story to, I get to drop that. that. But with but a with a the, spy thriller. To the, to your point though on the actress, even just these yep. three episodes of something this pertinent in in one of the biggest, you know, genres in movie going gets her another step away from Daenerys Targaryen, which is really hard well, to break out of. Go ahead, Ray. And just and just real quick, this feels very Hitchcockian. And that I'm gonna sign a big person and they're going to have a big role, but they won't be here long to throw you off the set. Because if there was ever a, 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 a platform from a Marvel platform that would behoove that Hitchcockian use of, uh, for those of you who don't know what I mean by Hitchcockian, um, Psycho, the person who was like the main character who killed yeah. in the Genetic, first five minutes yeah. of the movie, right? Uh, Drew Barrymore also Scream. think about Scream. Yeah, yeah. Very Hitchcockian, right? Uh, it makes a lot of sense in this when this is supposed to be a show strategically and and completely surmised uh, by uh, deception. It makes a lot of sense. And, and here's my pushback on that. Uh, because I think there's the other side of subversion is true as well, or could be possible. Because in a spy thriller, think about a James Bond film. Think about, you know, any sort yeah. of political thriller or spy mission impossible for example there's always there's oftentimes a perceived death that isn't actually a death and so it is 
like that's the other the other side to this whole thing is that we saw Gaia get shot, we saw Gravik walk away from her and drive off, and that's the end of what we've seen of Gaia so far. And so it's also not outside the realm of possibility that this is following a spy thriller trope, and that Gaia isn't necessarily dead. So real real fast, because your point is well. It's, it's factual because I think there's a person who who falls under those pretenses you mentioned. But the reason I think she's dead for sure is because the one thing they've gone on to show us going back to Captain Marvel is when a squirrel is in their shape shifting form and they and they get killed, they turn back to their sh- squirrel form and she turned back to her squirrel form. But to your point, I don't think Soren is dead. It's possible. Soren may not I don't be think dead. Soren is dead. I, I, the other I saw, thing is, is. But and again, to to Gaia's worth, if she's as smart a spy as she is, maybe she changed back because she knew that's what Gravik would look for. Which so is, it's possible think that that we that they I'm sure they wanted to talk about, right? And also the whole just and to your point, we clearly know she's smart. There's no way right. you've been under this dude all this time playing both sides, even though he knows you playing both sides. But like still. The whole time I'm watching her escape, I'm thinking, why are you taking the normal path out? You know better. Go through the grass. Right. Go through just, the woods. It, yeah, it, just, it seems a little too easy. Tony, yeah. you were looking something up. What were you? What were you no, I was wa- rewatching her death to make sure she turned back into a scroll and that it was visible. I thought I remembered it, and I was sure. And you're right, Rainy just kind of waited yeah. for that and walked away. And I don't know. Uh, it just seems really kind of like oh at the end of six here she comes back and is alive it's kind well, of it seems pretty lazy they yes and they've also shown you things that show that scrolls can do that they've shown that scrolls can heal heal they've shown that scrolls oh yeah they're like extremists now yeah but oh, and she laid she, in, the, we don't she know. Laid in a ditch on the side of the road and was nursed by rats <laughs> Well, my point here is, is that yeah she she could absolutely be dead like that's absolutely true. Soren yeah. could absolutely absolutely be alive. I don't I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility either, because they we've talked about Soren, but you know that and she's been a big sort of motivation for Talos and, and what and he's Gaia. doing and moving forward. So and, and Gaia, so it makes a lot of sense if she were to be revealed to be alive. Wouldn't surprise me if plot twist she's with Gravik now. That because that's what that's what spy thrillers do. Is it's supposed to be twists and turns and what you expect isn't what happens and and vice versa like the reason i love the original mission impossible movie so much is because by the time you get to the realization that john voight's really the bad guy there's been about seven or eight different things that they've tried to set you up you know red herrings and all these different directions to make you think the opposite so it's it's good i enjoy i'm enjoying what's happening and i'm enjoying where i hope this ride continues to go to go we're halfway done which is kind of you know kind of crazy thing about we only got three episodes left uh as as we start to pick things up um you you know my favorite you know my favorite part about this episode and there were some very big things the reveal of of priscilla being a scroll and him him knowing the reveal the whole fight with stopping World War Three, you know, there's a lot of cool Gaia getting killed. Very, very nice on the moment. Uh, some fun stuff. My favorite part 
is the conversation that Fury and Talos have in the car. Because yeah. I, I've, I've mentioned to you guys multiple times but why I think the MCU is unparalleled and will never be duplicated in any form or fashion is the very small, minuscule details that people think don't matter that come back years later. And in this particular situation, first and foremost, there was the um, million scrolls um, reveal last episode, which yep. was, I don't think I it was surprising, like, but still blew your, blows your mind, right? Right. But you 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 alluded to to graphic and and while he has a point, it's a little off. But re, in reality, this is all Nick Fury's fault because if we're going by MCU timeline, um, until they found Cap in 2012, MCU years, this was 95. That's yep. 20 plus years where he is using the scrolls to to as Talos so eloquently mentioned. To, to grow his status, to get to a certain level, to leverage his enemies and his, um, and his partners alike, and to grow that, the power. And no one ever sat and thought, well, damn, how did Nick Fury become Nick Fury? Well, we see now, because he had an army of dozens of scrolls who could do anything. And those are the type of things that like really excite me, because... It gives context to the story because ultimately, let's be be completely honest about it. We always thought Nick Fury was just the most prepared guy in the room. And quite frankly, he's just the luckiest guy in the room with the biggest Rolodex of people he knows. And it, I that, love that we see the dichotomy in this episode in this in the series because there's moments where he looks like he's frail and can't do nothing and is oh is 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 out of the game. And then there's moments where he's like, okay, maybe he does have some juice. But I love that Telos throws in his face, you need me. At the point where he basically sunned him and was like, tell me you need me or I'm leaving. And and like, oh, this is the man that stood in front of gods and aliens and the well, leaders of the world. I love that. That just excites and, me. And here, here's the other, here's the thing though, with all of that. At the end of the day, yes, Fury needs them. And yes, Fury got there based on, you know, everything everything that Talos says is true. At the end of the day, Talos makes it very clear. He chose yep. Nick. Yep. And that there is something about Nick that he believes in that is why he didn't join Gravik. And that goes back to, yeah, Nick Fury was lucky. He was also the right dude to get that that Absolutely. bit of fortune Absolutely. so and that's going to play out i think at the end of this this is gonna play out and i and i'm very excited to see how it plays out i did want to talk you know we've i, I meant to talk about you know super scroll is going to be a thing we're going to see the super scroll graphics going to become a super scroll uh you talk about callbacks right uh you look at some of the callbacks that happened just even in the dna involved they they referenced thor too yeah. They referenced Call Obsidian. You know, obviously Groot. They yep, Call Obsidian. They referenced uh the extremist virus. Iron Man three, yeah. Audrey yep. Killian. And so I bring this up because so many people mm, one this also I know where you're going. Yeah, you know where I'm going. The, yeah. the, the, the other thing I want to point out is by doing this, 
because the Fantastic Four don't exist yet, and the original Super Scroll had all four powers of the Fantastic Four. Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, that's why he was a rival. Uh, but this allows them to never make a Fantastic Four movie and still have the Super Scroll, which is great. But this is why I don't get all worked up when people talk shit about the end result of the Eternals and the the like petrified hand in the ocean. Somebody somewhere, it's going to come back, guys. Just You just haven't found the movie that it's coming back yet. yet. It's okay fans it's okay Take well again it. we've spoken ad nauseum about this and i know you're not the biggest proponent of rumors which is probably the smartest stance to take but every rumor is that that's the entire plot of thunderbolts is tiamat island so you're right absolutely everything comes back i mean do we think right. dracov's daughter is going to be a thing and then uh it wasn't it revealed in this episode that talos is the one that no it was um his wife was gave him the information about Dracov. Yep. It just, so it just the little things that everything, come back. Like, who thinks of that? Everything, yes. Kevin Feige and his network of producers and writers think of that. So we are we are heading into, we've got this midpoint. Next week in this upcoming episode, Talos, I'm assuming, will find out about the quote-unquote death of Gaia. And we'll have to deal with the fallout of that. I think that the Super Scroll thing is going to really start to be revealed and pushed forward. And um, we're going to be getting to our low point of the series. These next two episodes are probably going to be the low points where we're in real trouble. And it'll be interesting to see how it goes. The other thing that I love about this is that they've still maintained this sort of quote-unquote street-level threat in the sense that the world is in danger, but the world doesn't know about it. And that's really what street level sort of threats can be, because when you look at a lot of what happened, like, say, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like, yeah, there was shit going on involving Captain America. But for the most part, until S.H.I.E.L.D. goes down via Hydra, the world is, for the most part, not paying attention. That's what's going on here is that the world is paying attention to these horrible things and thinks that, you know, they're on on an imminent path to war with each other, not really realizing that there's something else pulling the strings. I really like it. I think it's really well done. Um, Tony. I, I agree. I agree with you. The, the street level thing and getting away from the cosmic here is, a, is just a great change of pace. And I think I brought that up last week and it's amazing to know that, you know, we can have certain trigger points that happen right in front of our eyes, kind of, we can assimilate to them in that kind of setting and I think it helps tell the story overall and brings it all back down to earth. Pardon the pun. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting because on one end it's, it's still cosmic though. Right. right. But you like, know what I mean? We're still it's, deal, like, you get that feel. No, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I'm saying is, and I'm agreeing with you is that it's this idea of you, we're, we're dealing with interstellar beings, but nobody knows that we're dealing with interstellar beings. Per- so the, it's very grounded. The perfect example of what both of you are saying is the, the scene where Gravik and Talos are meeting and mm. Talos gets mad and goes to choke him and everybody in that bitch turns into a, to Gravik. Yeah. And now granted, we've seen that scene in the trailer, but you're not thinking about it in the moment. So in the moment, you're not thinking, well, everybody in that bitch is a squirrel. And then everybody's like, yeah, what's up? That was a good scene. And you're like, was, oh, my goodness. That was goodness. a really good scene. And it's he, so good. And, and then, then he, it also makes you think. Like, we know Gravit got power because he be, became squirrel general. He got all, he, he again, used to use the term sunned. Sunned all of the greatest <laughs> political leaders 
right? Well, that too, the streamers thing, yeah. But he sent all political leaders the last episode. But it just made, really makes you think. He told him to meet him there to parlay, to use their terminology, right? Yeah. How much did he have? How many strings did he have to pull to get all the scrolls there? Or is the entire city of London full of scrolls? Well, there's what a million scrolls on Earth already now. So I mean, the reach right, is, but it's just, insane. It puts it in perspective. Here's and not other... all not all million are with gravity. And I'll give you Gaia coming back if somehow she grabbed whatever super scroll serum secretly, kind of like it looks Gravik already has, because the rehealing of his hand seems like he's already well on his way. But it's not a serum. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that big old I, oh, I, I did, boom, I, boom thing. Yeah, I just meant yeah. it. Well, we'll, I think we'll she's see, because there were samples I think she's of, dead, though. I think there she's were, there, me too. And that's fine, and, I, and I, I'm just saying that it's possible either way. It is. You're so right. we'll, we'll find but out. But she is dead. Uh, okay. We're, we're I doubled, I tripled down. I'm for fuck now. Needs to be right. We are so fucked now, Ray. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, we yes, think we're doing good. You just got to push that one more button. Incessant need to be correct. It is uh, It is a character flaw of the gimmick. But hey, I love it anyway. I love you for being the, you, Tony. Probably more the person than the gimmick. That's fine. Go ahead. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if you want to own that, that I'll give that to you. I was trying to let you be like, oh, no, this is, you know, it's character I'm playing. Well, I, character. Know, no, I, I know who I am. Fair enough. All right. Well, we are going to pause it there. Next week, we will obviously be talking about episode four and reacting to all of the drama that happens there. We're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we are going to jump into the trailer park and then badmouth Warner Brothers Discovery because it's a fun thing to do. You are listening to... Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. We are hanging out here in the basement like good basement dwellers do, getting ready to make our way over to the trailer park. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind you that if you love Bandwagon Nerds, if you love all of the crazy content and arguing over who's a scroll and not a scroll, though we do know now that Tony's a scroll, found that out after a poll, lesson learned. But if you love this stuff and you want to keep supporting us, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in one of our mini shirt designs. We have all kinds of great shirts to choose from, including a bandwagon nerd shirt, only $19.99. Or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, get it soft style for a few dollars more. Thank you very much. I have now paid our bills. Tony, there's no Dave. I don't like invisible banjos. Can you rustle up some banjo music for me? Thank you. Oh, oh no. Oh, they didn't like it. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. Um, I don't know what happened there. I don't, I don't know what was up with that. Hey, hey, no gestures. That's just that's just rude. 
Noble listener, was, you couldn't see it. It was going to come to me anyway, but at least it's not just me. I had to think about it for a while, though. I had to really take it under some deep consideration. All right. Interesting, interesting trailer park this week. Because, uh, you know, it's a hodgepodge, folks. Uh, but I did come across a, a couple of really, really interesting ones that uh, one of which I just I don't know what to make of. And, and I hope and I hope to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But uh, we're going to start with one that Ray shared with us. Uh, for a for a film called The Collective. Now, kids, if you haven't heard of The Collective, it's probably because you're not a professional wrestling fan, because that's really where I think most of the traffic for this trailer has come out, which I think is really interesting. So for those of you who are not pro wrestling fans, just bear with us for a moment. But the former Sasha Banks, Mercedes, I can't pronounce her, is it Verdano? Varnado, uh, yeah. Varnado. Uh, as... as ventured into acting she's had a couple of roles she's been in the mandalorian which is very exciting she has a recurring role there uh but she popped up in kind of her first feature film uh in this trailer for this movie the collective where i then proceeded to watch the trailer and was like well, well where is she and it's because she's not a primary player in, in the film which i didn't expect her to be but uh this film appears to be something that is along the lines of another one of those sort of secret assassin societies we've got was it tyrese gibson that uh is that who who the, one of the main don johnson uh, don johnson's in Ruby it Rose. yeah yeah so so i it, it looks like you know kind of one of your classic action shoot 'em ups with with this sort of secret assassin group a la what you see with john wick and the continental and those sorts of deals just kingsman yeah that was another one because he even has like a signet ring that looks like uh actually looks like the logo for legendary pictures (laughs) if you if you really look at the uh if you really look at it but legendary didn't put out the film so i'm assuming it's not the not that logo but uh i don't know it looks like it could be fun us wrestling fans will watch it because we want to support mercedes and there is a strong population out there that loves them some sasha banks gentlemen your thoughts i'll start with ray and then we'll go to tony uh and just get some thoughts so here's the sad thing this movie could be amazing this movie could be garbage it's the sasha movie it's just what it's gonna be and she could have five words like batista had in specter she could have a, a full-on major role. Clearly, she's important to the movie, but not one of the five or six top stars because it have they have legitimate stars in this movie. Um, the trailer is fun. I would prefer to be maybe a Netflix or a Apple TV production, but because I don't know if there's something I want to go see in the theater. Because as Patrick alluded to, there's a bunch of movies that are similar to this that have just come out, are in the process of coming out, or are out now, you know, so, um, but it is intriguing enough to make me interested. And as Patrick again alluded to, it's the Sasha movie. So I'm going to watch it because she's in it. I just don't know if they're going to get my money. They're probably not getting my money in the theaters. I'll probably catch it when it goes to streaming. Yeah, you know, it looks okay. It's not the 
greatest movie trailer I've ever seen. But, you know, Tyrese makes me laugh. So, yeah. I, I'm not going to watch this. Um, you guys said... <laughs> Whatever. That's, That's okay. <laughs> you can't bring me down today. I had a really good morning. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I Listen, you guys hit the nail on the head for it. There's a bunch of other movies that are way higher up on the totem pole in this very genre that are happening like around the same time. Um, I think it's a big mistake, though, to not have her in any trailer you put out, considering the fandom that she brings from outside this genre. You don't have to be a fan of the action kind of secret spy thriller picture if you're a fan of Mercedes, you're still going to watch it if you're that big of a fan, right? So that's just kind of where my head's at here. I hope it's a really good movie. I hope you guys watch it and you're like, hey, check it out. We know you, you know, I'm psyched for her when she's in Mandalorian. I hope someday she gets back and wrestles in some significant matches um, as far as my opinion goes. But until then, I hope she's having fun. It's kind of a big get for her too. I think it's a really good stepping stone outside of the streaming into a picture that's going to be released in theaters with some good stars. Can, can I touch on that real fast? That point you made about putting Mercedes or Sasha in the trailer more. Because you can see her clearly twice, but she doesn't talk. She's not in the trailer trailer, right? Here's the difference. Sorry, wrestling fans. I don't mean any disrespect. Mercedes is a huge wrestling star. She has not become the crossover star that we that people want her to be. When John Cena started acting, that was a big deal because John Cena was already crossover while he was still wrestling. Right? Rock... Even Batista, to a certain example, Batista did 35 B movies before he got his big shot, right? You know, and even then, his big shot was an ensemble where he was the fifth guy out of five people, right? Even Roman, when he did um, Hobbs and Shaw, that was his cousin's movie. So it was highlighted because his cousin highlighted him. Maybe this is a perfect example of people not understanding the power of wrestling or people in in power realizing that she ain't as big a star as we think she is outside of our bubble honestly though let me just before you go patrick if she really was had if she was really about getting as as high up in the entertainment world hollywood movie scene as she wanted to be she wouldn't have taken herself off of american network television weekly didn't do herself mm, any favors. There. I, right. I no, no, no. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not, not saying gonna, right or wrong. No, 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 no. Right or wrong. Show. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not fighting. He, no, he no, kind no, of. No, he no, he no, agrees. No. He agrees with me to extend. And I'm not saying it was right no, or wrong move no, okay. for her. But if she was solely set on that, you don't take yourself off of American Network yeah. Television. Well, and 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 let's also one last thing. Five seconds. Don't forget the reason why Sasha got the Mandalorian had nothing to do with wrestling. John Favreau saw her on hot on hot ones, and thought she was dope. So, again, every acting job she's had had nothing so, to do with her wrestling. Well, and, and I want to get back to uh, why, a point why that was she you know, Ray was kind of making. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to get back to a point that, that Ray w- was kind of making when it comes to, and this, I promise this will be the kind of the end of, uh, of this little piece of, uh, of talking about this trailer, and we'll move on. You got everybody starts somewhere. Not everybody comes out of the place because, you know, some of the names, you, you know, you mentioned the name, uh, you know, let's we'll talk about it. The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, 
John Cena, the two, like, and, and let's be honest, John Cena has not hit Dwayne Johnson level uh, of superstardom in Hollywood yet. He's very, very he's strong, but he, yeah, he's on his way. But he's, but he's not a, an entertainment brand all his own. Like The Rock literally can just write about any check he wants and it's going to get backed right now. Like even when he fails, he succeeds. See Black Adam. Like he got to, like, the strength of the rock alone made Black Adam over $300 million. Yeah. Like, you can call the movie a failure. The strength of the rock alone made Black Adam that money, even if it was a bad movie. And, and I would say it's a bad movie. John Cena can't do that yet. I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's where he is. And that's not a knock on John Cena. Clearly made himself, though, head and shoulders over everybody else except for the rock, though, I think. Right. Oh yeah. Ever. He really showed something. He really showed something, particularly out of the Suicide Squad, you know, and He's under there. the direction of James Gunn, which has given him his own vehicle for a show. My point here is, and even Dave Batista, you mentioned it. Like Dave Batista was a not he he wasn't even the tertiary character. That was Rocket. Like it was Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Bradley Cooper, and then maybe Dave Batista because. You know, Vin Diesel just saying I am Groot as, as an animated character. Like it's it's kind of hard to to say that that that's the next level up. Both of those characters, by the way, completely endeared themselves to the audience. And that was that was the thing is that Batista in that role that was not a lead role then became Dave Batista and then became a guy that suddenly people were like, hey, we can bank on this dude. Yeah. We can cast him in other shit. M- and Mr. that's how Hayes you did. Yeah, he, right. he had a lot that, of those sidekicks, yeah. And th- and that's how you then end up with Dave Batista leading an M. Night Shyamalan movie, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. So so maybe this is the sort, and, and I don't even know that this movie, like, let's be real, this isn't an A-list Hollywood film. I like Tyrese. I like Don Johnson. Actors, yeah. it's got some it has it has actors. top actors and known actors, but not Hollywood blockbuster tentpole movie. Like that's that's not where this movie is. And I and I don't even think that's an unfair statement to say. It's gonna do fine. I'm willing to bet the budget wasn't the strongest because you don't need a big budget for for an action film. Uh, and and it'll 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 really like this is just another step for her in her career. And we'll just have to see where where the next step leads. And if she does well, she continues to acquit herself well. She got an expanded role on The Mandalorian because she was doing well. If It's just stuff leads to other stuff. And, and so it's more of a good for her. All right. Next film I want to talk about, one I stumbled across while zipping through io9 that I don't really completely know what to make of it. I just know that I'm really interested in it. Uh, and the way that it was described in in the article where I found the trailer was Fight Club meets Severance, uh, which for those of you who don't know, the TV show Severance on Apple TV, which I thought was the best science fiction program last year that aired anywhere that nobody watched, uh, that immediately perked me up. But this movie is called Corner Office. It stars John Hamm. And you you get the sense that just based on the trailer, John Hamm has some sort of background as he starts this new job in a very sterile office environment with the supervisor where there are very specific rules. Like, don't get the carpet wet. Like, mind the carpet. 
Uh, but he's in this like really like strange sort of surreal job where it seems like you have very defined roles. There's no opportunity for expression or I don't even like creativity or, or thinking. And he finds this strange office that is like bright and colorful and apparently allows him to manipulate the world around him. And, and shit snow piles from there. I don't know what's going on here. I, I, and I can't wait to watch this movie. Like, I, I don't, you know, this strikes me as the type of movie. I didn't catch if this is a theatrical release film or if this is going to end up on like an Apple TV plus, which if it was going to go straight to streaming anywhere, Apple, Apple TV, TV is plus. like where it, where like it strikes it. me. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was very, very intriguing. Uh, and I can't remember the guy who plays his supervisor, but he was definitely one of those actors that it looked I was like, oh, that guy, he's really good at what he does. And he looks like he's really good at what he does here. Tony, I'm going to start with you. What could what did you make of the trailer for Corner Office? I loved it. Um, this is yeah. kind of this is up my alley. This is like uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, kind of eyes wide shut, kind of just in an office, kind of weird thriller. No horror really, just kind of out there stuff. And I love John Hamm. Um, Danny yes. P- Danny Pudi is in this movie, and I fucking that's love him on that. Community. Yeah, the boss. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. This this is the that's how the coffee machine works, and these are the blind. That's how the blinds work, you know. And it's it's, and then they all get together to talk about him, and they're talking about how he's crazy. And this is just this is right up my alley. Um, I will be watching this definitely, and I'm trying to figure out. It looks like it is a movie. It doesn't really associate it with any streaming. So, yeah. No, it wasn't. Um, it's not. It's not. Um, Danny Pudi. It's actually uh, Christopher Hairdall who plays Andrew. Like it's his boss. Uh, mm. Dan, Danny Pudi plays the guy who's like showing him around. Yeah, yeah. But the it's the guy who plays his boss. That like I'm like I'm really interested in you. It's a Lionsgate. Because I remember you. It's a Lionsgate film. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm actually I think he was in. Oddly enough, you know where I, he was in Peacemaker. He, uh, uh, this guy, he was, uh, Casper Locke. He was a weird, he, he had issues. I remember that. I also believe he was in the Twilight series as one of the Voltari, if I remember correctly. Um, that's just, just me. He's, he's a great actor though. Like I, the second I saw him, I was like, this guy's awesome. And I'm in for that one. August. I may have him. August 4th in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that looks good. Ray, what did you think? So I, I I love it. It's this type of quirky, thought-provoking, question-everything movie I love. But I'm going to give you a hot take of the hottest of the hot. This is the type of movie. We complain all the time about movie trailers where they give away everything. This is how you do a movie trailer. Because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know nothing. I don't know if this is in his mind. I don't know if any of this is actually happening in real time. I don't know if this office is real or not because he's standing in front of the wall staring and they're well, looking at it. I don't know none of this. And that's a movie trailer. I love it. Can I, I want to react to what you said, Ray, because I love what you just said. And the interesting thing about it is when you have a movie like this and you put a trailer out in the way they did, they may have just given you the answer to everything, but you have no idea what the fuck is going on the story-wise. Yeah. And then you watch yes. it and go back, and we come back and we talk about it, and we go, they gave you the whole thing right in the trailer, and you didn't even know it. And those are the best kind of things. Glass. Those, those, they, It's like putting on a pair of pants if you haven't worn in a while, and there's, there's fucking five bucks in there, you know? 
This is very much, I, I like that description because I think that that's like, as I was watching the trailer, I literally was sitting there being like, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. What is this? And, and yet at the same time, I was like, I want to watch this mm-hmm. because I don't know what I'm watching. So just, yeah. I, and, and like you guys, I, I think it was Tony who alluded to this. John Hamm's fucking awesome. I just, I, and if there are, there are actors out there where you're like, I would love to get a beer with this dude. I would love to get a beer with John Hamm. I yeah. bet you that would be just a fun fucking time. Get him in the MCU. Can we get John Hamm in the MCU? Please. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Be the Sentry. No, Whatever. just John. He's John Hamm. No, no, no. I don't if want we, to play himself. If we could have Kevin Bacon, we can have John Hamm. No, right? no. I don't want to mess with that. That That is the beauty of Kevin I Bacon being be, Kevin yeah, Bacon. Okay, I'll give you that one. Like, You're right. I love that special snowflake, yeah, yeah. snowflake piece of the MCU. Okay. So don't take that away from me. Give me John Hamm as a character. Okay, and, and like I said, making the Sentry. I could see him playing the Sentry as kind of a goof a little bit. Like, I would love it. Because I would love because the century's stupid anyway as a character, so just lean into the stupid. What if instead he's an ad exec named Don Sham? No. No, stop it. Stop it. Sit down. Why are you doing this to yourself today? Like, I get it, you won sixteen dollars. Do you really need to do this to yourself? I know, you're rolling in cash. I mean, in fairness, sixteen dollars in Wisconsin is like a seven night stay in a Hilton resort. Like, <laughs> I wish. Have, like, I wish because I got a golf trip in two weeks. It is not seven dollars fucking night. The weekend rates are nuts. You're like, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be like in the movie uh, Euro Trip where they end up in Eastern Europe and they give them a, <laughs> oh, a nickel. I'm starting my own hotel. <laughs> All right. Let's head into a movie we know Tony's not going to watch because he is not the horror guy. Um, the Nun 2, which is obviously a sequel to The Nun, part of that never-ending branching lore and universe that has come out of The Conjuring, which I guess if you had told me all those years ago that The Fucking Conjuring would have this deep of a rooted, not just primary universe, but like, tertiary universe second i'm used tertiary like too many times in this show already sorry it's not it's not as good as rotund as a, as a word but it's close it's close it's getting there but and i mean this isn't just a story about a, a character that you learn about from the conjuring was it even from the first conjuring film i don't even remember like how deep the how deep the lore goes but we had this movie about the nun this is the sequel where the nun is back, it's it's always tough to tell, but it's it's another lore building piece of the Conjuring universe. I liked the original Conjuring. Um, I feel like this is played out, but clearly there's a market, and, and horror tends to make solid money for for studios because they're relatively cheap to make, and people will go. They like a good scare. Uh, I'm gonna start with Ray. Ray, are you in on the nun too? Were you in on the Nun One? I've never watched any of these movies, bro. Because it, like, I like horror. There is no, there's nothing interesting about them to me. Like, a, like, like a good horror movie should interest you outside of the horror. Like, I don't right. watch horror movies for jump scares. You know what I mean? I don't watch horror movies to be scared. I watch horror movies to enjoy the movie, and hopefully, it'll scare me while I'm watching it. Um, but. 
By the way, shout out to the homie Storm Reed, who's in it. Keep getting them checks, girl. Um, but just as interesting and as amazing as we just spoke about the trailer for the corner office was, if you're going to have a trailer for a scary movie, and I will give you that the way the nun looks is a fantastically terrifying feature, not one thing of the trailer was scary. Yeah, a lot of jump scares. That was their goal. But it, but it did, I mean, I'm watching it. Normally, I'm I'm I, I told you the story that I've I first watched Exorcist when I was six. I've been watching horror movies my right. whole life, so maybe I'm jaded. But I can still most horror trailers I watch, and I'll be like, oh, I watched that trailer. Like that's it. There was nothing scary about the trailer to me. So Alexa, be quiet. Sorry, Alexa. Alexa, Alexa isn't scared either. So I, I get you there. Yeah, so Tony, I know I, Tony, I know you're gonna skip this. But here's the thing that blows my mind though. The Conjuring is the Conjuring film was released in 2013. We are 10 years removed from the original uh Conjuring, which by the way is based on the charlatan stories of the Warrens, uh, who are real people who their quote unquote paranormal stories allegedly inspired the Amityville horror, and they have made a killing on preying on people's willingness to believe in shit that's not real uh but 10 years like again clearly there's a market for these films um i i i don't get it but i guess good for them Tony, 3d you can see in 3d uh, uh, on well, IMAX? I mean, you should have just skipped me, baby. so now, now I'm going to lay this one out there. I'll be none too quick to go check this out. Mm. Nice try. Just because you have a soundboard, sir, doesn't mean you get to use it. Anyway, yeah, there you go. So the nerds are none too excited. Look what I did just for you uh but I don't, I don't need the applause uh to see the nun to i i feel like this is played out it'll surely make 200 million dollars on it's like 300 or on its 30 million dollar budget and do fine and we will continue to have conjuring universe stories for days years to come all right i went back and forth on whether to include this last trailer because, admittedly, the three of us are not anime aficionados. If I were to if I were to throw that out there as, as just a guess, like I went through an anime phase as a, a, in my late teens, early twenties, and, and that's kind of it. Like I I remember watching Vampire Hunter D and Akira and that sort of stuff, but at some point I left anime behind and, and pursued other interests. Uh, but Warner Brothers and DC just announced a partnership with, I can't remember the name of the anime studio, uh, to put out Suicide Squad Isekai coming soon to a, an HBO, or I'm sorry, not HBO Max, to a Max near you and probably a direct-to-video release. And it's a Japanese anime take on the Suicide Squad, though it looks to be mostly, at least in the one-minute clip that we got, Harley Quinn and the Joker. Now, for those of you who may be wondering, it's not just the stylized look of anime, and and DC is by no means the only comic book company to do this. There are two that I know of um, 
Marvel X-Men animes out there that exist. There's an Iron Man uh, anime out there that exists. So it's not unusual to do this one. You know, it's Harley Quinn and the Joker running around doing hijinks. And eventually it appears that they end up in some sort of fantasy world fighting orcs. That's about what we got out of this minute. There's a market there. Dave, Dave will watch it when he's drunk at some point, I'm sure. Gentlemen, your thoughts on this partnership, which I do think, as I poo-poo this, I do think there's an audience that will be very excited for this and watch it. I just don't think that the three of us are that audience. Tony, go. I, Yeah, they have... You know when I when I pulled this the uh, the rundown up and and checked into the trailer park there I was hoping this wasn't anime but being of Japanese descent I was like ah, I'm just not I don't know I I won't watch it I I bet it's really good um, what I will tell you is that I did watch Justice League Dark Apocalypse War and thought it was fucking amazing um, yeah if you're looking for a great bullshit that Flashpoint Paradox is the best animated movie ever Apocalypse War is amazing. The the run that they had from Death of Superman to Reign of the Supermen to that was 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 amazing. So go check that out. I know Dave hasn't even watched it yet. I was messaging with him, but yeah, it, I bet you for the anime fan, and this is gonna do uh, some good favors for DC to maybe draw some anime fans into these characters because there's a lot of content out there of Harley Quinn. Right, we talk about the animated show and uh, subsequent su- uh, Suicide Squad movies lately, but yeah, I not for me. Looks great though. I'm sure it's really well done. Greg, shout out to the Apocalypse War. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up at some point. It's yes, awesome. that's, an, that's amazing. Patrick, watch it. It's fucking a great hour forty watch. But, by the way, you you mentioned watch Reign of Superman right, first though. Well, you know, if you really want to get into it. There's like six or seven Batman movies where it goes way, way, way back that wow. all falls into it because adding Damien and all the Teen Titans, it all matters. Anyway, they, the fact that we're talking about this lets you know that we don't give a fuck about this. <laughs> for the record. Thanks for, for record, letting us have our DC corner, Patrick. <laughs> appreciate it. And for the record, the partnership is dope. I'm, I'm hyped for the partnership because my daughter loves anime. There's a major subsection of people who love anime you give them access to these characters and cool. But don't tell me it's Suicide Squad and it's Harley and Joker. Like, just call it Harley and Joker. That took right. me out of it immediately because I was I was like, okay, well, where's where's Boomerang? Where's <laughs> Deadshot? Something, right? G- g- give me something. Right. Where's like, where's Killer Croc? Where's Killer, right? Where's Rick Flag? Give me something, dog. Like, but it's just if we got one picture of Amanda Waller to try to Tie it in. We did get that. No, dog. It's not funny, man. It's good. More and, and in fairness, this trailer is more of a partnership announcement than an actual full trailer. It is a teaser trailer. I didn't see. So I'm looking back at this article, and they're like, other DC characters popped up. I didn't see any. The other DC character was was Amanda Walter. That was it. Right. Was it? Well, hold on. Now, there is a teaser poster that my computer hasn't loaded yet. Nope, that's just Harley Quinn. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be good. Who knows? All I know is that uh, it didn't speak to me. And so, we're going to shift out of the trailer park and head into some news around the Nerdosphere. And we're going to start 
with a follow-up to a story that we've been tracking for a while. As everybody has known, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, since its merger and everything it's been doing, has been all about slashing and changing and cutting and trying to basically make up some serious deficits and debts. And one of the big things that happened that we here on the bandwagon talked about that was really upsetting to more than just me, I know to a lot of folks, was even before the transition from HBO Max to just Max, the cutting of content and significant content from the HBO Max platform. Well, kids, what I have seen and what I shared today was Variety reporting that, and what we predicted was going to happen, these programs that got cut were cut from HBO Max so that they could be sold to other platforms for streaming rights so that the company could make money off of it. The first of those officially hit Netflix with the series Insecure jumping on to Netflix. Other shows that are going to be looking to be jumped on uh, and added to Band of Brothers, The Pacific, Six Feet Under, True Blood, um, True Blood is currently streaming on Hulu, is going to be available to Netflix subscribers outside of the U.S., interestingly enough. Um, and will still actually, um, some of these will still be available on, on Max as well. Uh, but this is, this is what we talked about. This is what is happening here, is that these programs got cut. They're now being moved over to other platforms so that somebody pays HBO to have them. And then the other platform can advertise that they have them in an effort to entice more subscribers. Uh, I'm not particularly surprised, but I wanted to get your guys' reaction to what we all sort of predicted. Tony's already done his uh, his best impression of, um, oh God, I'm going to forget his name. Your favorite gif. Uh, what's his name? Larry David. Larry David. You did, you did a Larry David there. Eh. Eh, eh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Ray. So this is extremely smart, but it's really sad to me, only because so many of these shows were moments like, you know, um, I know Tony will never watch it because Tony doesn't like black entertainment, but <laughs> I'm just joking. Damn. Internet. I'm just joking. Um, but no, seriously, Insecure was a moment, like truly insecure in my, in my community. I watched Insecure. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> no, legitimately, I was joking about the black entertainment show, but that does genuinely yeah, well, hold shock on, me. Real quick, just, just, just a question, because is does Insecure also speak to the people of Japanese heritage, too? Is that why this is important to you, Tony? Thank you for bringing that up, right? I'm, Wait, the, this the is news? Of Japanese... What? Are you a ninja? This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. He's a ronin. He's I'm a, a, ronin. Samurai blades? I'm, I'm a scroll, obviously. You are a scroll. What Japanese um, human being did you take a possession oh of? Oh my god! Oh my god! That's a, that's amazing. Um, no, but insecure was a moment, and I'm glad people are going to get a chance to relive that. And all these move, all these shows were six feet under was huge at the time. I personally love Ballers. True Blood was a moment, and then the biggest one that started all the the the, the chatter about what are they doing? Westworld. They just put yep. it on another channel that they're making money off of. I can respect the hustle, but it's really sad because HBO was the go-to for these types of shows, and now they're not anymore. 
now, I mean, have forgive my tangent, but have you seen any of the crowded room on Apple TV Plus with Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried? Not yet. It's like on my all, to-do list. All of these other channels and streaming services have kind of stolen HBO's thunder, and that's why they're like, screw, we'll just put a bunch of cooking shows and paranormal activity movie shows on. Which is cool, but it's just as disappointing and it's sad because quite literally, there was a moment in my life where don't call me on Sunday nights because insecure right, and ballers. HBO, HBO is what you watch. Yeah. Yes, I'm, you, I'm, do, leave me alone. I'll catch up with you after it's over. So right. that's sad. Right, but I also think this is going to happen elsewhere too because the other thing, I think Disney is going to start doing the same shit. Mm. Disney's pulling shit off their platform. They're already... And Disney, here's the thing that's really interesting. Um, they're not just pulling series and content off. Uh, and, and NBC Universal did it too off of Peacock. Like, everybody's doing this. HBO just kind of got, or Warner Brothers Discovery and Zaslav has been, like, particularly dickish about it. So it's been really mm. easy to to kind of shit on the dude. But, you know, because let's, um, let's go back to one of our favorite co- controversies, Batgirl. Like, Zaslav really got a black eye over the decision to not do anything with with Bad Girl, just cut it. Disney just did the same thing to a movie that they put on their platform for less than seven weeks, Crater. Just took it out of existence to use it as I a tax write. I about that. Yeah, huh. check your new... It's, uh, I think the movie's called Crater, but um, yeah, Disney put this movie on direct, direct to streaming on Disney Plus and then removed it. Uh, after seven weeks, and oh yeah, oh, it's gone. Yep, fifty-three Disney scraps fifty-three million dollar movie just weeks after its premiere. The like film performed miserably and was a costly affair to make. Wow. So they cut their loss and used it as a tax write-off. Um, so. For those who want to point to the nobility of other companies, everybody's fucking doing this. And it's just something that we should recognize. And it, it just it's our new normal. It's what happened when we cut the cable cords is we took away just a di- it's just a different a different face on the same animal. Uh, it's like a it's like a a network canceling a TV show. Um, or not even keeping a pilot. So, yeah, I just, this is the other thing that I, I think you're going to see more and more of. I think you're going to see more and more of these shows that even if it was original content, they're going to go away from the primary platform that you've known them to be a part of and are going to move into these other these other platforms in an effort to make some money. So You know why it's stupid for Disney, though? Because yeah. Disney has, like, three other platforms under their right. purview. So just put it on Hulu or put it on Tubi or whatever the fuck they own. That's stupid. Well, but that's the funny thing is Hulu has HBO shows. So like, so like everybody's money to each other. This is as Tony would like to say, this is just billionaires passing money back and forth. Like whatever, here you go. All you silly peons will just follow the show. Like you will like, and we will, I will, I do it. So I, in fact, I spent a good portion of my vacation trying to find Jordan Peele's updated Twilight Zone series on a streaming service. And but it's on Paramount, right? It's not. The original 
the original Twilight Zone is currently on there, but the Jordan Peele one is not available on Paramount. I I'll actually relook it up. I found some episodes available on the sci because sci-fi airs them now and airs them as a season. And you can watch them on sci-fi's website, but only like two or three of those episodes. Sci-fi so it's is is Comcast, right? That's that's Peacock, isn't it? You would think. But if you look up Twilight Zone, is what I'm doing right now. Twilight Zone, 2019. And you like I I uh, I'm a big fan of RealGood.com. It's a great service that helps you find where things are streaming. And Twilight Zone, according to this, is available on Fubo with its free trial, DirecTV screen, so I can watch it via DirecTV, um, NBC on Sci-Fi, Freevee, but none of the, like the major, none of the major services. Well, well Freevee is Prime. Streaming. So this Prime. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Why is it? Did I miss? Am I just old and miss this change? Amazon Prime bought bought Freevee, so it's kind of like these other. Uh, yeah. Is Freevee free on Amazon Prime? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. But Freevee has a ton of commercials. Oh well, I watch Peacock, so it's fine. Um, all right, we're gonna take our second commercial break. Know that your your television executive overlords control you, and that's just the way it is. When we come back, I'm going to try to talk Ray off a ledge a little bit, and then we'll get into some more San Diego Comic-Con news. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, basement dwellers, welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tony, Ray Cash, all three of you here talking some great stuff again pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot get yourself a chair shot shirt get yourself a bwn shirt for god's sakes support this show we're like the flagship show i'm just saying of the chair shot like we run this bitch whatever it's on the i don't care even if we're not i'm gonna say it you don't have to poo poo it i know i've been booing you all day but used to say like i don't know we at least own mondays like we got that so cool you know it's fine it's fine man cool i i think the ship no, has, no. i think the ship has three flags mm-hmm. we're the crow's nest we're up at the south that's all i'm saying anyway let's get into a couple of other little bits of news before we head on out of here first of all some casting news in the mcu rolled through the ticker as it was announced that Jennifer Garner has been cast to reprise her role as Elektra in the upcoming Deadpool movie, and Ray is looking off into the distance with a grimace on his face. As For those of you who have not listened before, 
Ray, uh, Ray doesn't like the Affleck Daredevil film. I don't it like a lot of fan of the Affleck Daredevil film. It is not a fan of Jennifer Garner's Electra portrayal, both there and in her own standalone movie, if I were to speak out of turn. And so Ray has got some feelings about this announcement. Ray, would you like to get those feelings off your chest before before we talk about this a little bit? Bring it wake, me, wake me up. Wake me up inside. Can't wake up. Can't wake up. Uh, thank you, Tony. Um, look, dog. I actually think the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck is a lot better than people think it is. The all the bad parts about that movie involve Jennifer Garner's Electra, and I like Jennifer Garner as a, as an actress. I think she's she's wonderfully decent, right? I like Alias. A, Alias was was fire, and she's had some other stuff since then that's been really good too that I can't think of top of my head. Um, Adam Project, she's fantastic in that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 horrible. It's you're rooting for Bullseye to kill her, bro. It's bad. It is bad. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds is a genius in the way he plays uh, Deadpool and the way that their team sets up the things that happen in Deadpool. We get that there's going to be some time travel involved. Cool. If, and I know this is how you're going to talk about the, the ledge, so forgive me for jumping the gun. I apologize. If we're bringing them on just to kill them like he did at the end of Deadpool 2, going to the time, all right, cool. I don't need to see any more than 30 seconds worth of Electra because you Uodi, whatever her name is, Young, showed how you play Electra on, on screen, right? Um, I, I, no, I don't want it. I don't need to see her. I don't need to do it. Don't break. No, I don't. Now you want to give me Ben. By the way, wouldn't it be awkward for Ben and Jennifer to be back in the same acting space? I'm not trying to be funny or disrespectful, but I know they've had multiple bad breakups. Can they work together? I know they co-parent, but you think I don't know. Is this smart? Why? Why? Why do we need this? You give all the other stuff you give. Why do we need this? Can you can we just not do this? Please? So can we I'll, be I'll happy give with I'll the, give Ryan the Reynolds a call. Man, I'll let I'll let your boy it's gonna happen. and get back to me. No no, don't waste the twenty five cents. That's all it costs to make a phone call now? I, I'm just going back to like remember when we like were people that mattered in the world and it was twenty five cents at a payphone. Now we're just old and Right, right. Wander around water parks. Yeah, payphones don't exist. States yeah. north of where we live. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Tony, I'll let you weigh in with your thoughts on this before I talk right off the ledge. I think we're gonna get a lot. You, you, you talk about fan service in in the Flash, um, movie. I think you're gonna get a lot of things that call back as many people as they could get. Anybody who said they asked everybody and anybody who said yes will be in this movie because once again, this, this is done. This is it. There's not going to be Ryan Reynolds will not play Deadpool again in a, in a Deadpool centric movie. How about that prediction? 
That's a hell of a prediction to just start up. To, that is, yeah, that's wow. That's a bold prediction. All so, the stuff so that they can do with Deadpool and Spidey, and you, hmm. but it won't be called so, Deadpool. So here, It'll just be in the movie. Here, okay. So one, I don't know that anybody else will be. Um, who's the what's it? Uh, will be Deadpool other than Ryan Reynolds? I think he's he nailed the he nailed the resurgence of the character. So agreed. For what it's worth, we'll start there. Here, here's my thing, Ray. I think you're right. I think that I don't know that they're gonna kill her, but given the nature of what a Deadpool movie is, and given what Ryan Reynolds has done with the character and its fourth wall breaking nature and its acknowledgement, whether it be making fun of the Green Lantern movie, uh, in both Deadpool films that he made, uh, to like it's just gonna be, and I think Tony's right too. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, every terrible Marvel franchise gets a shout-out and call back some way, shape, or form in this Deadpool flick. Whether it be the Fantastic Four, whether it be the Rumors. Eric Bana, the Eric Bana Hulk. Not, if you all remember the Ang Lee Hulk movie, which I actually kind of loved, but a lot of people did not. Uh, whether it be Nicholas Cage showing up as Ghost Rider, whether it be wouldn't we're that gonna be get crazy? As Nick Fury? Wouldn't that be crazy? We get the Flash and the Nick Cage Superman, and then we get Deadpool three, and we get Nick Cage Ghost Rider. That I, I would pop hard for that. I don't think we're gonna um, get the Nick Cage Ghost Rider because they really want to do a Ghost Rider movie, and I think Nick Cage is gonna pass it on to somebody. Well, they really they also really want to make Daredevil yeah, was, a successful TV yeah. show, and well, they've got they, Electra, so. they also want to do Superman know, man. shit, and they showed him, and then Flash. So, <laughs> so, but but my point here is is that the nature of the day the Deadpool movies has been to be a parody of itself in a lot of different ways too, which is what Deadpool as a character is. So I, I have a sneaking suspicion that, yes, Jennifer Garner is in this movie. Yes, it's going to be a bit tongue-in-cheek. Maybe if it's, maybe it's even a mock-up or a mockery of The Flash and what it did with Michael Keaton's Batman uh, or something like that. Who knows? Hmm. I, I do have a lot of faith, though, in Ryan Reynolds' ability to be like, this movie was a failure. And I think Jennifer Garner just be, and I don't know Jennifer Garner, any further than what I've seen of her public persona and how she is in her roles and how she is with the media. She strikes me as the type of person who can tongue in cheek, look at a role that didn't work out for her and play it in a fun way because it didn't work out. So that's, that's why I'm, I think it's going to be okay, Ray. (laughs) What I don't, what I don't think is going to be okay is San Diego Comic-Con. You guys have talked about San Diego Comic-Con for the last couple of weeks. It's the last story we're going to cover today. The uh, announcement came out this week. So back up to last week's show. As I'm listening to last week's show, we're talking about everybody who's not appearing at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And I can't remember which announcement it was. It was like Marvel isn't doing it Hall H. Was mm-hmm. was the big announcement, and everybody's like, and, and the point was made, and this is a good point, which is funny because I just saw a news report uh, that a uh, another Marvel film is uh, Shang Chi two has been delayed, so mm-hmm. the the Marvel film schedule keeps getting blown up, and this is 
with the Screen Actors Guild on the verge of a strike and the Writers Guild uh, with no end in sight, like this this timetable is going to get blown the fuck up. You guys, you know, you talk about what what is there that's left. And in our chat, in our bandwagon nerds chat, DM threat, whatever you want to call it, I brought up that this was a real opportunity for James Gunn in D.C. to fill an empty void and strike where an iron may be hot, especially with the way they've been rolling out announcements as of late. Whether or not you had trailers, I didn't know that that was necessary for what James Gunn and the DCU, and I just thought there was a real opportunity there for him to take Hall H on Saturday, which is Saturday night, Hall H has been Marvel's night, that there was a chance and an opportunity to not only kind of save San Diego Comic-Con from a marketing standpoint, but to make a splash for DC, the DCU. And it came out this week uh, via James Gunn's conversations on, I believe it was Twitter or Insta, that uh, no, he uh, he will not be attending Comic-Con this year. However, he says he will be in 2024. Um. I don't know, guys. I just I'm really surprised with this. I thought this was a big opportunity to pass up. Uh, and so while I get that there might not be a lot of earth shattering announcements, even if it was the pump up, whether it be something you've already released by the time next week rolls around or something that's still upcoming. I mean, Blue Beetle is not that far away. Um, it, he passed uh, and Warner Brothers joining many, 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 many others is not going to be a presenter uh, at a panel this year at San Diego Comic-Con. 2023's San Diego Comic-Con is really about comic books. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I was I was very surprised by this. So, uh, Tony, I'll start with you and your reaction to James Gunn passing on uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I don't think it should be surprising, to be honest with you. Um, we talk about all the uncertainty with release dates and things of that nature and what fans have become expected of what they're, what kind of information they're going to get at these gigantic comic cons, especially San Diego, etc. I, I I think the other thing too is you you counter that with okay, well everybody's uncertain. You could still just be there and be the hero. Well, then you get the backlash of well, it was it was just a DC retreading all the same shit they'd already said, but even more uncertainty along with it because they don't know when the future projects are going to come out right you know what i mean their timeline and on top of that i think it's three-pronged because i think james gunn specifically may not have a grasp into the future of exactly what he he may have places he needs to hit but where he's going to go along the way to tell this story and reinvent the dcu he just might not want to talk about that ray i i I think those are the kind of the three reasons why it didn't happen um what about you maybe right but i don't care because you he still wanted to show his it. face. Yeah. Uh, we, we've spoken ad nauseum about the one thing DC has lost that is the one thing that's the hardest to gain, and that is the goodwill of the fans. They've lost it. They've it, the Flash movie even threw it in the it threw it in the trash and burned the fucking trash can. Like they've lost it. So the one thing that would have happened would have helped, I think, would be James Gunn showing up, giving them a good show, and to say that they don't have things that they, yes, they've made a ton of announcements that timing wise, whatever. 
But you t- here's the other thing. Let me say one thing you- while you're finishing your point, Ray. Could it also be the fact that we're still in the old DCU? Hey, the LOD. Um, I why why go in when your time hasn't even started yet? Let that finish. We're getting we're getting Puddle Boy two um standalone but i'm just saying i don't, I don't know just just spitballing i think it's well, more of what i said the first point than this just kind of counterpoint why is that important if it was that important then you wouldn't have made any announcements about the new dcu well i mean it's something you've made all these announcements know. about yeah. that you announced the entire first phase or first t- first grouping every, every you announced every single movie every single streaming show, show and every single and the person who was writing or or show running each one and then talk about stuff you could have had you just two weeks ago announced who your who your superman and lois were going to be in the superman movie that could have been done at comic-con right there's a lot of things you could have done it's got to be the uncertainty of the dates right i so so who cares we the the, the dates change all the time The, the 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 one thing that dc fans care about right now i'm assuming I'm not, I may not be as big a DC fan as you are, Tony, but I, I I care about DC. But the one thing I know I want to see as a DC fan is just do something to make me care. If you got to lie to me about the dates and tell me the dates changed, I don't care. Make me care about your product. I don't care one iota about anything you're doing anymore. Make me care. What could have made me care was if you would have went down there and showed your ass and had a big thing and got people excited about stuff coming up and gave me some trailers or gave me a, a, a some concepts and or some storyboards, something that would have been like, oh, all right, maybe there's something to digest about this. Right now, I do not care. And James Gunn lost the ability to be the bell of the ball because next year he's going to be the fourth biggest thing. I think it'll be the second biggest thing. I don't think it'll be the fourth. I think there'll be something um, bigger than DC next year because they have lost. They have slidden that far down the total. So, so here's the thing: is I think that um, I think it'll be Marvel and DC will be back, and those will be the two Hall H panels. The Friday night Hall H panel will be DC. The Saturday night Hall H panel will be Marvel. James Gunn will be will roll out. I agree with you, Ray, though, a thousand percent there. And Tony, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of what's still left to kind of get out. I I think that there's still a hype train to build, even even in spite of Aquaman 2, whenever that thing sees the light of day. But um I I just I feel like it's a missed opportunity, whether whether for better or for worse. And you know, even to get to Ray's point. You know, you've you've announced these two actors that are that are hitting that, that are going to be playing Lois Lane and Clark Kent. You have a full cast for Blue Beetle. Like that's what a pan, that's what a Hall H panel is. Like you hype and, and Marvel's done this. Like Marvel will have a lot. Like Feige would bring out say Guardians of the Galaxy or sorry Black Panther. We we'll use Black Panther as an example. Like Black Panther was like on the verge of going. No, no, that's not it. Um, whatever the like, whatever the no, late August, September, November movie was, like we've known that pan, that that movie's imminent. They've brought out a panel for that. So you bring out a Blue Beetle panel. You bring out the cash. You let them talk about the experience of making the movie. Because that's the other thing I'm really worried about right now is Blue Beetle is when is it 
set to come out. Are are these actors willing to do this amongst the strike though? Is that's another question to be asking yourself. Well, this Contract, isn't. Baby. Uh, well, it's not even that contract. It's. I mean, no. It, but at it, the same a, time, you know, it's an appearance. I'm just saying. It's an appearance. It's a movie. It's a movie that's already made. I know. So that I deal's know. already I'm just done. Saying. I'm just saying. Um, Blue Beetle comes I, out August 18th in one month. So, so outside of trailers, and, and here's the thing: the little O'Dowd, I, I said a resounding thumbs up for the Blue Beetle trailer. Like saw it was like yes. This looks interesting to me. I want to see it. This is it's just an opportunity and this is a targeted opportunity of your core audience to put out a panel for that, to put out your two, you know, bring out your two new actors if they're willing to do it, to talk about where you see WB where where you see the universe going because he's announced all these properties. Like we've heard about a Swamp Thing movie. We've heard about you know, a, a, another Batman movie. We've got like, there's just all this stuff. Like, talk about your plan, even if it's t- dates to be determined. And maybe that's why they're not going, because he doesn't want something that's not set in stone. And and I, that's fine. I just think that that, like I said, I think it's an opportunity lost, and I think it's a shame. I think that it, that it does put them a little bit further behind the eight ball now. Ray, I, I know you efforted Blue Beetle. Can somebody look up when Aquaman two is supposed to hit theaters? Um, if that's if that's out there. I thought November. Is it November? So we're gonna have that film come December out December twentieth. Okay. December twentieth. So I will say that after December twentieth, it does become easier to kind of do the full reset button. I don't know that Star Wars will ever be the presence at Comic-Con that it's been in the past because Disney specifically has a Star Wars event that that does all of their, their kind of upcoming project things. So I don't think it'll be on the level of Marvel. They don't have that for Marvel. They have D23 where Marvel no. is a part of it, but it's not the focus. They actually do a Star Wars day so or a Star Wars weekend. And so until they do that with Marvel... I, I don't know that that'll happen. And I do think that Feige and Gunn probably both agree that there's still value in San Diego Comic-Con. Because unlike, I think it was uh, DJ and a couple others, I don't think Comic-Con's going to die. I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's going to be small this year and it's going to be disappointing. I think that next year will tell us if it's going to die. Because if next year we're sitting there looking at what what's coming yeah, and uh, things coming. Then, then Comic Con, as we know it, is done, the, the, and it's my, back to being a comic book convention. My main concern, my main fear, is simply this: we have seen it yeah. multiple times over the the human history and and this 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 past century and whatnot. Don't let your ego and your hubris, because of the big name on the on the outside of your building, make you think that you still deserve to be where you where you think you are, because this may be a bad tangent, but I think it makes my point. There was a time in this in this country where b- boxing was the number one sport. Like sure. anything can change overnight, and just well, because and your name is DC and you got those characters doesn't mean that you're still gonna be number two on the block. Here's the other thing I'll say: is attitudes towards comic book films in general are waning. I don't I don't think there's any denial on that, whether it be the viewership for 
you know, secret invasion, which is not um, strong. Like the numbers have come out that the overall viewership has not been strong. Um, I think it's like the number two worst or or something like that behind the Marvels or Miss Marvel and, and whatever. Like you can wave it off or or whatever. It's fine. Films, comic films in general, are are not quite making what they were making. Uh, and I think that's I you know I think we've talked about. It. I do think there's some reality to fatigue, even even out of Marvel temples like Guardians of the Galaxy three is doing well. And it's gonna it's gonna hit its mark, but it hasn't had the the rolling hype train that a lot of things had building up to Infinity War. And we're so, a different world post COVID too, right? So. so, yeah, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot going into it, and I do think that at some point, you know, the market's got the market's gonna flip in other direction. You're seeing it now just in tentpole films in general, like movies that you would think would do well, even even moderate modestly well aren't doing modestly well. Uh, like Indiana Jones, while it didn't look like a great movie, but it's a movie I want to see. You know, it it won the box office last week with $60 million domestically. And, and you think about what a tentpole film in the summer would usually make. People aren't going to the theaters as much either. Like, they just aren't. And it's interesting to see what movies are kind of showing some long-term success. And whether that's not the new direction, because remember that Pixar film that we all kind of were like, oh, boy, um, Elemental. Do you guys know that Elemental is creeping up on three hundred million dollars? It's actually really? grown. Yeah, it's actually grown its audience over mm. the last couple of weeks as people have seen the movie, uh, which is really which is really, really it was interesting. It's an article I I came across in getting ready for today's show that they're quietly Let's see, where are they? They, uh, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, they're building steam, which is interesting because it's just not what you're used to seeing. You're used to seeing, you know, they didn't win the box office this week by any stretch of the imagination, but they're they're just they're plugging along, and it's becoming. It is up to 109.2 million domestically, and it's at 251.9 million globally, which when you consider where it started and how poorly it did in its mid-June release, that one, it's still in theaters, it's still making money. Like, that's that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, good stuff. All right. We'll wrap up the show with a segment Dave seemed to think that he came up with that I came up with way back when, uh, a few months ago, and, and do a little What You Watching. Uh, yes, Dave, that was me. I, I did that. You're not here, but I did that. I get it. You're old and senile. You can't remember things. It happens. We'll, we'll send you to the old folks' home. Shady nerds rest home. Waiting for Dave. <laughs> the <Shady> gentleman. That's <laughs> amazing. I've been out for a couple of weeks. What you been watching? Tony, what you been watching? I already mentioned Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. Check it out. There's tons of great DC movies on Max. Um, Batman by the Gaslight Fire, I think DJ highly recommends that for Batman fans. 
But yeah, check out uh, Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman into Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, and I think you'll enjoy that trilogy. I think that's very... Ray, I think you'd agree that that's a good three-movie watch there. Um, and then other than that, Stars on Mars comes back tonight. Uh, we're getting four new people coming into the house. Ronda Rousey and Lance Armstrong are still left. Let's see what happens. Because, I mean, Shatner's hosting this thing. We got stars on Mars. I do think it's a better option than that other one where it's like, guess who I'm related to. <laughs> though, the, uh, though the woman related to Tom Hanks and her meltdown was something special. Did you guys watch? Did you watch that? No. The, I the video no, of her no, melting down. No, oh, she no. loses her shit. Just watch. Just watch her post elimination video. It's fucking hilarious. Ray, what you watching? Um run through a few quick ones um there's a movie there's a tv show on apple tv plus that is um kevin durant show about uh, a high school basketball team called swagger season two just came back out fantastic happy about that also i'm i'm um going to catch the crowded room and hijack the show the what i mentioned to you guys is a tv show not a movie so it's in it's in pieces you can catch that um uh there is a new show not new. It's been out all season, but it's gotten a lot of great reviews and TikTok has convinced me I gotta watch this shit. The Bear on FX. It looks amazing. Um, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about The Bear. Heard a lot of good things about that. Also, yeah. um, you guys know about the controversial show in our space, wrestling space, Dark Side of the Ring. Well, there are a ton of Dark Side of the shows on Viceland. Well, July 18th, Dark Side of the 2000s comes out. And the Dark Side of the yeah. 90s was fantastic. So I'm hype about Dark Side of the 2000s. July 18th, check that out. Yeah, I got a couple of uh, new season of Dark Side of the Ring left to watch. Uh, the ones that I missed. I know the, isn't the finale Adrian Adonis? I think is the is I don't the think that's one. the finale. No, it's not the finale. Oh, it's have not? Party- we have a Marty Jannetty episode this season. Ooh, a Marty Jannetty episode. Yeah, that's awesome. And they actually went and followed him for like a week. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'm like looking the, forward to that. That's like the second or third one. Right. I'm looking. So forward. yeah, I, I, I've got. I, yeah, I've got the Matt Bourne episode to watch, and um, is it Junkyard Dog. I think the other one. The the one about Chris Candido. I've never I seen one. so many people have to walk away and cry. About Chris, yeah, like that, yeah, it, that struck me. Well, it's just fascinating because it was a story. Like he, re- his death was to me. It ranks right up there with like an Eddie Guerrero in the sense that you know people people when they get their life back on track and then pass yeah. away, that that sucks. And you know, for Candido to pass the way that he did because he felt like he needed to be he needed to get back, so he took a plane ride too soon. Like that's that's just. It's hard, and that's heartbreaking, so I can respect that. I have been watching, so when I go on vacation, that's usually when I dig into the uh, kind of quickly digestible shows that I, that I just enjoy that I can watch on end because I stay up later than the little and the Mrs. O'Dowd. And when you're stuck in a hotel room sharing a space, you got to be able to have something you can just watch on your laptop that's not going to be something that's going to require me to pay a ton of attention to. So I've actually been watching, I mentioned this earlier, I've been rewatching the original Twilight Zone series Mm. on Paramount Plus. And it's fascinating how 
many of those shows, like you, you would think that for a show that started in, you know, the late fifties, early sixties, that some shit wouldn't hold up. How much some of those episodes really do hold up. Uh, you know, I, like, and, and it's funny. I mean, they're always exaggerated, but, uh, like there's one about a guy who gets addicted to a, to a slot machine because of the way the machine, you know, you put in a dollar, uh, win two, then lose one. Then you know, like the way it would play with you put in $5, you know, get back four and, and talking about just sort of how that addiction sort of happens. You know, it's a commentary that is still kind of a real thing. Like I've watched people pour so much money in, in the slot machines and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to see that stuff hold up and, and Tony, I mean, the Witcher season three is now available on Netflix. So it's, it's time to get cracking on that bad boy. Is so, that the is that with the new girl? Not yet. Tony is uh Tony is actively politicking to get us to stop after the switch. And I don't know yet. I haven't watched the episodes. If it's a good show, we're seeing it through, baby. Anyway, and you'll just roll your eyes and it'll be okay. What if Yennefer's still in there and getting naked? Oh, Wait, now sorry, he perks what up. Happened? What happened? Now? There, there is a character that uh, I like the show very much. Um, there is a young woman who is very, very attractive who occasionally has gotten naked. Not huge, but you know, she she has talents. Anyway, oh, wait. thank you, Selma Hayek. God bless you for the record. Yeah, thanks, DJ. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I guess we'll end this bandwagon nerds episode. Before we get out of here, gentlemen, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the Chair Shot Radio Network. We'll start this week with the Reverend Raymond S. Cashington, the third Esquire. Have we officially moved to Thread as a family, a record label, and a motherfucking crew? I haven't started my Threads account yet, but I have the app downloaded. I just haven't done it yet. Well, since we're still on Twitter, don't follow me. I'm joking. I'm Mattis Ray Cash. R-A-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars, and none of that extra L2GP whatever stuff that Tony adds. No. It's Ray Cash. Okay. Uh, Tony? Yeah, I guess. I, I, Careful there of the way you worded that. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. No, yeah. I, forgive me for that, for using those <laughs> letters. It's yeah. very, very Shout interesting letters. letters to choose. Yeah, sorry. I I, use them a lot in a positive manner. All right. So for me, I want to say follow everything ChairShot Radio Network and let you know that this upcoming season of Big Brother and this upcoming season of Survivor, we will have podcasts on ChairShot Radio Network. Ooh, adding some entertainment, I guess, to the entertainment wing of the Chair Shot Radio Network. I was never a reality TV guy. It's it's uh, one of my failings, I think. I think I've watched like one reality TV show, and that was the original Iron Chef, you know, in Japanese. Awesome stuff. That's like it. That's all I got. I don't know. That's what I watch. Anyway, you can follow me on the Twitter for now at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Follow Bandwagon Nerds on the Twitter as well at Bandwagon Nerds. And as Tony mentioned, follow the Chair Shot Radio Network at Chair Shot Radio. It's great, great stuff. We are on all 
of your listening platforms. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. That's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and uh, you know, check out I don't know, Stars on Mars, I guess, because Tony likes it. Check out some old Twilight Zone episodes because I dig it. Check out some DC animated movies no. on Max. Watch Fern Gully for Ray. And watch Fern Gully for Ray. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.